welcome all to Hospitality Meets, our Christmas show, with me your host, Phil Street. Grabman's pies and malt wine, these stories that are so fine, let us see which wondrous piece that we've lined up today. Well, first of all, Kieran the boy, Bailey, content king, who loves to rant daily. Then we've got Chris Fletcher, such a hoot I'll betcha, both of them will join me as the co-hosts of the show. Why? To antidote the year we've had, tune in. By the end we hope you're glad that you joined us for our epic Christmas show. We're glad you did, I swear you really, really will, you will. So who else is on the show today? Riding in on Santa's movie sleigh. Simon Taylor is seen with his story of a drag queen. Andrew Scott regales a tale involving confused guests. Next up comes the lovely Kate Nichols. Found herself in quite a right pickle. We've also got John Dawson, whose story's rather awesome. Cyrus Toddy Waller tells a tale you won't believe. Cat Pengelly chats about chunder. Liam Woods is full of drunk plunder. First here comes the cheesy Christmas paste. Welcome back. To Hospitality Meets, our Christmas show, with me your host, Phil Street. There's lots more stuff to get through, go and grab a corkscrew, pour yourself some Christmas cheer to get you in the mood. Hayley Corner's story will be muse, I kid you not, it contains three big clues. Next Elsa Jaeger has a New Year's Eve ball breaker, Kelly Rickson stunzers with her tail of soaping beds. We hope it's a fun way to wrap your year. That help to bring you smiles and cheer Lots of laughs and so much more fun 2020 sure can do one Welcome to our special Christmas show Share the show with all the friends you know Hello and welcome to our very special Christmas edition of Hospitality Meets not content with conducting the utter carnage that was the Hospitality Aid podcast back in the summer, I've once again invited those two, uh, not reprobates, sorry, that was the wrong word, reputable, reputable gents from EXP 101, Chris Fletcher and Kieran Bailey, or is it uh, Santa and Frosty? Oh yeah, he's definitely Frosty. (laughs) (laughs) I feel as Frosty as Frosty could be. Yeah. Hello, Philip. Hi, Chris, how are you? We're good. We're happy to see you on this very festive day. And for the people that can only hear the audio, you are missing a treat. Oh, you are missing a treat. Yeah. <laughs> why are they missing a treat, Phil? Phil, tell me, why are they missing a treat? Well, one of us has made an effort with the Christmas jumper. <laughs> Christmas jumper? Is that all yeah. that is? And actually, there's a, it's got two modes. Can I show you the modes? Please. And this um, will mean nothing to anybody that's listening to this, so we have to also try to describe what's going on. But in well, any I'm recording case, this, Phil, so I might send it on social. Very oh, good. So go. it's, it's got a hoodie. Oh my so Christ! The hoodie goes up, and the scal the scal version. It, if you put it to the side, that's uh, Christmas mode. If you put it to the back, move that forward. It's Assassin's Creed. You actually do look <laughs> a little bit intimidating. That's the first time I've been remotely intimidated by you, there, Phil. It's a little bit lost, scary. Lost my earphones there. Lost my earphones. I'm not putting that back up again. Um, <laughs> I thought I you looked very know. pretty. I've got no idea what you just said to me. Well, we were complimenting your outfit. I thought that was probably what was happening, yeah. Uh, so, uh, how are you, Kieran? 
Oh, mate, I'm, I'm tickety-boo. I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. Uh, got my car booked in for a service in an MOT. That's cheered me up. <laughs> yeah, this is actually our uh, car uh, insurance renewal month as well. So it's just, uh, yes, let's feel that Christmas. That's, that's I spirit. knew there was a reason I came on this podcast. You two are rock and roll. <laughs> That's what we do. No, I am genuinely feeling good about life. I think we had a great time in London on Friday at our business lunch. Just got to keep saying that. Yes, very businessy. But yeah, that was a blast. You know, I drank loads of hurricanes. And if I'm honest with you, I got really quite drunk, which was good. Yeah, yeah. So it's Christmas. Christmas is upon us. How Christmassy are you guys feeling now, other than car insurance and car (laughs) problems? Um, Well, I've got three kids, so very annoyingly Christmassy early thanks to the schools closing early in Wales. So, yeah, I've got my three at home over the mm. way there, causing mayhem already. Is the PS5 here? Is the PS5 here? My oldest son doesn't believe in Santa. hate to put that out there, but, yeah, he's over it. He just wants his PS5 and he wants it now. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, it's quite it's a weird one, isn't it, this year? <laughs> I'm sure people have said that already. It's going to be a strange yeah. one. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. That uh, has no place. No, it's yeah. banned. Uh, I think really? Kieran's got a button if I say that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, loads of buttons. Oh, loads of buttons. Yeah, we're setting the standard here very, yeah. very early on. The bar is high. The bar is, is, is that high. where the bar is? Anyway, um, so Christmas stories. You, uh, you guys got any uh, any interesting times from your Christmas? Mate, it's impossible to have spent 25 years in hospitality and not have some mental Christmas stories, isn't it? Let's be honest with you. That's fair. Yeah. I think I was talking to you on Friday about one of the, one of them. Uh, the last restaurant I ran, it was huge, big, twenty six thousand square feet place, uh, five hundred covers. It was mental, and uh, I was quite cheap as a uh, as an operator, so I downloaded loads of Christmas music. I know Phil, you're looking surprised by the fact that I'm quite cheap. I, I, I just didn't see that coming. I like value. I just like value. So I well, thought instead the fact of that, you also bought me about uh, ten hurricane cocktails on Friday. Then uh, actually, I am quite surprised that that was that good happened. value though, because watching you after ten hurricanes was funny. Uh, Technically, we weren't paying for that, so that explains the generosity. Ah, uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Christmas is just—it's a big restaurant, huge place, and me being quite cheap, downloading loads of music. Thought that's easy. Five gigabytes worth of Christmas music. Thinking I'm never going to have to listen to the same song over and over again. That feels like a win. Saturday afternoon, 430-odd covers in the restaurant that afternoon. Music's playing nicely. I'm doing my thing, being host with the most jovial Christmas spirit, dressed up as Santa, as you would anticipate. And music's playing away, obviously. We all believe that. And as I'm I'm walking through the restaurant and I'm looking at this huge amount of families, young children everywhere, all embracing the joy of Santa, and the music starts to play, and there's a slight sort of hip-hop version of a Christmas carol coming. I'm like, oh, that's quite interesting. I quite like that. I didn't know that was there. But it was a 12 days of Christmas, and it got down to day number five. And day number five was the moment that I started to run fast because day number five was five motherfucking gold rings <laughs> in the middle of a restaurant family friendly kids everywhere going mommy what's a motherfucking gold ring <laughs> this is <laughs> this this so as you would imagine those of you who can see me and know me know i'm not much of a runner but on that moment at that time i ran and it was i broke into a sweat fill broke into oh, a sweat. No. i can't believe that Honestly, it was the last time. I've left the planning after that now. But that's, the, I mean, the moral of that story is don't be cheap with your Christmas music. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Any, any uh, 
any golden nuggets? Uh, yeah, a few. <laughs> As Kieran said, you can't spend too much time. Uh, I've got one which I can tell, which I'll, I'll leave some names and details out for legal reasons. Uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> I worked... Actually, you just need to look at my CV, you'll know where it was. I know of a place, um, in a place, where we had a Christmas party and uh, we all went to, um, I can mention TGI Fridays, we all went to TGI Fridays for our Christmas dinner and this place was in a kind of an isolated area, so there weren't many clubs or anything around. It was just the restaurant then home, so uh, me and my former partner had our dinner, had about 25 cocktails and went off home happy. And then the next morning I came into work and uh, as I arrived at the said place, it was a underwater kind of sea world place. Um, so we looked after, we had a restaurant down below. That's what I did. I ran the restaurant uh, and we had lots of sharks and puffer fish and all kinds of cool things in the tank. And as I got to the car, staff car park, I noticed the ladder going up the side of the building, which you can imagine was a bit weird. Um, and I was thinking, oh, yeah. why is that there? So I thought it might be window cleaners, but why would they be cleaning the office window right at the top? So it was all very strange. So obviously proceeded into the entrance, um, met a chap in a suit. <laughs> looked a bit angry uh, asked me if I was a manager staff member or one of the accurists um, the accurists of the people that look after the fish and I said I'm a manager so he put me in room B uh, there was ABC I was put in room B saw a lot of my friends in there said, why are we sitting in here uh, they said there's been an incident and I said okay what's going on so again I'm starting to add up Christmas party beer involved why are they all here this is a bit weird so uh asked i need to get my keys to open the business because we were going to open to the public at some point they said that wouldn't be happening so i had to go up and get my keys anyway went up there took me up there received my keys and on the way back down the policeman explained to me what had been happening and um what seems to have happened is that the girls and boys at the restaurant carried on drinking and decided to um, have a party um, back at the aquarium and uh thought it'd be a great idea to go and have a skinny dip in the main tank uh, surrounded by brown sharks, white sharks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one was died in the making of this Christmas story. It was um, everyone was very much alive, and obviously the accurates know the fish and animals very well, uh, and spend a lot of time in the water with them. So uh, I'm guessing they thought that was a good idea. So yes, the reason the police was there because they thought it was a break-in or something. So they, uh, yeah, they'd arrived, and uh, I sat there and realised that the guys had decided to have a, a piss up basically, then and go on and swim with some sharks. So you know, just life, a regular life. Christmas night out. Typical. Typical Christmas Eve. You know I've really that, done that, that story decision to go skinny dipping. <laughs> that decision to go skinny dipping was led by a bartender. We all know that. A bartender yeah. said, hang on a minute, lads, I've got an I, idea. I would, say, I would say a chef. It's got to be a chef. <laughs> chef, uh, chef, no, I think it was, it was a finance guy. Finance yeah, finance guy. guy, there you go, yeah. yeah. He's letting his hair down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that one, one night of the year, uh, and he's got the purse strings, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was an interesting evening uh, and very, uh, very quick. Another one, I was in a restaurant, a beef eater, many, many years ago, and um, it was Christmas 23rd, something like that. We were doing our Christmas set menu, as you'll all know. A very, very nice atmosphere going on. And there was a young, uh, a young man down in the conservatory area and he started coughing quite badly. Again, no one died in this story, but um, he started coughing quite badly. So um, lots of people around trying to help him. So obviously I had to stop the door, make sure there was a huge queue coming out of the restaurant. Picture them all now, very concerned about what was going on. I said, don't worry, we'll get you in. Just need to look after this young man. So they brought him out on a, on a trolley. He was compass mentors, had a mask on, and they were taking him off to just do some checks, check he was okay. And as he got wheeled past the, uh, the audience, uh, sorry, the queue, the audience, the queue, I said to them jokingly, don't have the prawns, to which my boss uh, disciplined me <laughs> quite severely. And they all walked out. <laughs> Oh, so it was my first job as an assistant manager. I thought I'd kind of lighten the mood, but apparently not funny. Yeah, yeah. Damn you for having a sense of humour. Yeah, I know. I do. Still don't have the prawns there. I wouldn't touch them. 
Yeah, it's a risky business. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, I, I don't have uh, any stories involving Bob Geldof this time, I'm afraid. So, oh, that's a um, shame. I can't any involving Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay? Geldof. No, I'm not doing that either. Bora. Um, <laughs> Hello. Um, Hello, my Christmas story. <laughs> you called me um, your favourite chatty man in one of your uh, your posts. So I'm going to attempt an, an Alan Carr. Now yes, is, yes, uh, you are our favourite chatty man. Do it. Uh, right, okay. Uh, Hello. <laughs> there we are. That's probably about as good as I can. I can't. I can't do full sentences. Oh wow. But yeah, shall we move on? Career in three seconds. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got. I've got At two what Christmas... point will you decide that your career is just going to go into full full time impressionist film? When's it going to happen? Um, I think probably the the time that I can actually get one that sounds like the uh, the person that I'm trying to imitate. <laughs> your Borat's very good though. I mean, it's, uh, it is. Yes, right. my my Christmas story does not involve anything to do with Borat. Santa, he's in the chimney. <laughs> I'm not the only one who can't do a Borat impersonation. I feel like I've been swindled. Uh, should we do a Borat masterclass at some we, point? It feels like there's a green room content there, Chris. Yeah, yeah I'm on it. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny how uh, so many Christmas stories involve alcohol. I, um, I have a story of my own from, this is actually not as a, an operator, this is from my time in recruitment and involved a Christmas party, as they always tend to do. Standard. And um, we'd had a good year, and, and the guy that I was working for at the time very kindly put his, uh, his credit cards behind the bar for us and then left. Hero. Um, and then said, just make sure you pick it up at the end. Uh, so we had a really great night on him. Thank you very much. So good that the second half of the night is really not embedded in my brain, really, as to what actually went down. But all I do know is, is that I missed the last train home I um I didn't want to fork out a taxi to get back, so I decided that the easiest option was for me to go back to the uh, the office to sleep in the office. And when I got into the office, which was a miracle in itself because it had a very complicated key entry system, I I fell asleep and woke up in a kind of panic. How did I get here? Why am I in this building? And then decided that I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I am gonna get a taxi home. I want to go and sleep in my own bed. And uh, and couldn't get out of the office. I just I couldn't figure it out. And in actual fact, it was as complicated as turning the handle on the door uh, was actually what would have gotten me out of the uh, the door. So that probably gives tricky, you an indication tricky. as to the state of my mental health at the time. Should we call I mean, that? that's a legend of a boss though. Who drops his credit card and then leaves. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all take a, a big lesson from from that. But the story doesn't finish there. Because when I uh, I woke up, I had 54 missed calls from my good lady, uh, who was somewhat worried about where I might be in the world uh, at the time, including she'd rung round hospitals, the police, um, and all manner of places. XP 101. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I mean, granted, I was I was a much younger man at this point. It's not something that I'd, I'd ever do now. And I um I it took me uh, quite a long time to get back in the good books on, on the back of that because she. Hadn't been able to sleep. She was worrying sick, whereas I was I was living my best life. <laughs> and uh, and then I remember also just uh, waking up in the morning to go to work and just going, no, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Left a message on the the office voicemail that said, I can't come to work today because I've got. I think I might have alcohol poisoning. <laughs> um, I was just hungover to high hell. I'll give you your do though. You were honest, you know, you didn't try the, I think I've got the flu or a dodgy yeah. prawn. 
Now I've just drunk far, far, far too much. Far, uh, far, do, you far, do you remember we had, we had a manager at Hard Rock who told us his train got hit by a cow? <laughs> <laughs> Got, doesn't it? Isn't that the other way around? Sorry, other way around. Is cow got what? Is cow got hit by a train? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I just we've, got some, we've got some people in the waiting room, lads. Oh, yes, right. we have. Somebody at the door. There's there's yes. lots of oh, people. Hang on. Hang on. Let me just check if the doorbell's working. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Hang on. Are you sure there's someone at the door? I think there's like maybe two or three people. I think there's. I think we've got Christmas carolers. If I'm honest with you. Oh, oh really? Carolers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who could it be? Who could it be? Oh, Kieran, that was your cue. It's Louise Gallant. It's Louise Gallant on you. I'm letting all sorts of people in. And Cyrus Toddywalla. Cyrus Toddywalla, Louise Gallant. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Am I okay? Yes, you're all good. Oh, wow, I've got so many people online. It's Christmas. Hey, Cyrus. You I turned up at once. I didn't. I've not got the food ready, the wine ready, or anything <laughs> like that yet. Phil, I've got nothing ready yeah. <laughs> except walking. Tell me, how's How everybody? How are you all doing? How are you? I'm good. Everyone fine? Yeah, yeah it's welcome, pretty good. Welcome to the hospitality meets Christmas party. Ooh, ooh. Party? I didn't even know that was a party version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, always a party. So I know. I'm going to jump straight in and go straight to Cyrus and uh, because I know that you'll be a little bit tighter on time than we are have you got a, a well actually before we do that have you got a, what do you serve yourself at Christmas food wise serve myself yeah it means when I'm sober <laughs> well, or, or not great hammered <laughs> we're not proud <laughs> what do we serve ourselves what am I cooking this year I've got yeah, for the family. Normally, we about three, four neighbors get together and I cook the food for everybody. Oh, nice. So awesome. this, this year, everything is cancelled, of course, because we won't have, we won't be in, in and out of other people's homes. But I'll still be doing a small joint of turkey, definitely. And um, I'm just curing some salmon. Yes. And, uh, I think uh, I'm going to make a nice pie. I've just ordered some kidneys, etc., from Lord Newborough's estate. So I've got some lovely smoked bacon from my uh, friend in uh, with the lock pigs. So yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting affair. There'll be too much food, as I guess, as usual. Yeah, Sorry, as usual. I don't want to be that guy, but what are you serving for the vegetarians? Vegetarian, bloody hell, vegetarian. Yeah, right, just don't buy pie. Yeah. about pies, and I was like, damn, he's going to make a pie. Vegetarian, I, Brussels sprouts, but done in a very nice way. Yeah, not the Brussels sprouts that we serve here. We do a Brussels sprouts thoran. So we shred the Brussels sprouts very fine. We cook them for under a minute and they'll be tossed with black mustard seeds, cumin, fresh coconut, curry leaves, and a bit of chili. And oh, it's oh, a okay, right round. Wow. Cyrus, I'm definitely coming to yours. You can. I mean, if you can come into the house, <laughs> if you can't, we'll I feed you. I said you no can problem. and the men didn't get an invite, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she invited herself. I didn't invite her. She invited herself. <laughs> <laughs> Always does. So, She's from Harry. So They're all the same. You have, a, you have a, a Christmas story that you, you can share with us. Yeah, it's not exactly when you said a Christmas story. I mean, we are referring to sometimes you get very good service at a certain time of the year. And I'm going back to many, many years. I'm going back to 1987 now. And when I was working in Goa as the executive chef of our the Taj group of hotels in Goa. In those days, we, we uh, the machines are banned now for some godforsaken reason because everything is supposed to be 
politically correct in terms of how machines are designed now. But we used to have this buffalo chopper, and chefs of the past would know that this big bowl went round and the blades chopping food up. And along with that is, an, is a mincer attachment. And in India, starting from the second week of December, it gets phenomenally busy. And 24th to 31st and 1st are the most busy days of the year for any hotel, any restaurant, anybody. There's revelry. So 24th, New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve, for example, everyone's busy dancing away, having fun till quarter to 12. Every music stops. Everyone goes to church, goes for mass, comes back and the revelry starts again. The same happens on 31st night. After the fireworks, total silence, people go for mass, they come back and then they're dancing all night and having fun. But anyway, the buffets are big because we did buffets for three, 400 people. So I had to have a lot of planning done well in advance. And one of our very clever chefs, because he couldn't find the plastic hopper, or sorry, the wooden hopper in those days, there were no plastic in those days. He put the steel file for sharpening the knife into it and the steel file got caught. The oh. whole crankshaft broke and with it snapped three special belts that came for running the motor. And we were in jeopardy and I had a hotel full of people and of course lots of parties going on because in India everybody wants to live up to the Joneses and the Smiths. So <laughs> if X has a party for 500 pounds or 500 bucks a head. The other guy said, what's he paying for it? Make mine 1,000. And this used to be regular feature, yeah? And I mean, we that's good for money. hospitality, isn't it? Hey, my food cost dropped to 5%. 5%? man! <laughs> okay? And then I was in a stuck state. This was a... Now, I'll tell you the manufacturer was Hobart. Yes. Okay? Good old Hobart. Good old Hobart. Anyway, not anymore. I don't know. But those days, definitely. So I called up Hobart USA. I said, this is what has happened. What can you do to help me? Oh, he's saying, December, everyone's on holiday. We can't do anything for you. But your depot is Frankfurt, they said. We don't deal with you with India from uh, USA. You have to deal through Germany. So anyway, got into Germany, found a guy who spoke a few bits of English to me. He says, we can't do anything. Office is closing next week. We cannot help you. I said, you know what? I'm in a desperate situation. I need some advice, something. Just give me the rubber belts that I can get the machine working. The rest I can get forged in India anyway. So we could get the whole crankshaft made locally. The blacksmith would make it for me. That's not a problem. But the belts we could not get. So after much hassle, because in those days from Goa, you had to book a phone call. You couldn't just call direct. You had to book a call. So it took hours. So I would start booking a call late in the late in the morning, uh, early, early, early morning. So I would get them. By the time the call came through, I would get them by 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. In any case, we stopped. But on the 22nd of December, this big package arrived with somebody. And he said, for Chef Cyrus Toriwala. When I opened the package, there was a whole set of belts inside. There was a lovely card to say, Merry Christmas from the team at Hobart. And there was a special gift inside of extra washers and extra springs. Oh, legends. That's not expected. Brilliant. And we went full swing into production. Everything started working. The tension came off. We could do all our... In, in those days, you had to do lots of show for our work. So lots of galantines, lots of cold cuts, lots of meats, lots of... This was the done thing in those days. So we had to do all of that. And I never forgot that. So when we first came to India and the first restaurant opened, 
I went full scale and ordered everything from Hobart because I yes. never, I never forgot that. Yeah, the Robo Coop right? was my favorite. If we're talking Hobart, sorry, my favorite piece was the Robo Coop. Kieran, do you remember the Robo Coop? The Hobart Robo Coop. I do remember the Robo Coop. I remember <laughs> cutting myself with the Robo Coop. <laughs> that's the problem, you see, because that's why now you can't cut yourself anymore because they are made safe and secure. I mean, oh, that's a good thing. Uh, a liability. <laughs> Nothing ever beats the Hobart door mixer. Oh, I like the, the, yes. the potato rumbler. Did you have oh, a yes, potato rumbler? I have one of those two. It's 25 years old. Really? <laughs> Just as old as you, Phil. That's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the fact brilliant. that all of the men here are sitting there waxing lyrically about their favourite bits of Hobart equipment. <laughs> two women are like, what the fuck are you people on with? Hobart, <laughs> Smobart. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Christmas in Goa sounds amazing, though. Oh, it, yeah. is, it is amazing. But I must say, I've, I've I've spent Easter in Goa, and that and that was the, at, at the um where was it the Marriott, uh, yeah. and it was lovely, really lovely. Okay, mm. but uh, if you book if you're going in December, you got to book two years in advance, otherwise you'll yeah. never get a room in Goa. Wow! Back, thanks, thanks wow. for bringing it back to December, uh, Cyrus Louise. This is a Christmas show. Yeah, not <laughs> Is that not an egg on my head? <laughs> somebody at the door. Oh, what? is there somebody at the door? What have we got now? Does that play What's when the... people get to the door? Fantastic. Kieran, are you opening the door? <laughs> Can you get the door? Cut the door, Kieran. The door, Kieran. We have got Mr. John Dawson. John, John Dawson. Dawson. Fantastic. Eventually, the system. Do you know? Do you know John Cyrus? I've heard the name. I've heard the He's name. a handsome-looking fella, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hi, John, you're with us now. I've made it weird. John, you're the first person that looks exactly like the photo. <laughs> Excuse me, my photo's pretty me, I would think. That's true. Yeah, welcome to Carnage, John. How's it going? Hey, so, sorry, I had some problems getting in. I didn't know. I was like, am I late? Am I, have I got the right time? <laughs> I was winding up for Christmas. Why have right? I come in? <laughs> yeah. What have I let myself in for? How's, uh, how's your Christmas preparation going, John? Oh, how's sorry. Christmas, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. We were all in the office this week for, for the last week. So, uh, so yeah, it's kind of we're on wind down. We're having our Christmas office socially distanced drinks today. So uh, we've got a full office today. Fabulous. Does that work? Do you, I, I appreciate you uh, making time to come and join us. Do you want to just go straight in and regale us your tale? My, my my little tail. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I feel bad because I literally walked in the office today. I'm, I'm I'm fairly new to my new company, by the way. So um, they've all got Christmas jumpers on. So I kind of play, went for the safe bet, and it backfired on me today. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so so yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you kind of my my, my kind of Christmas tale. Um, I'm I'm going to revert to kind of my my former company at Mandarin Oriental and. Um, for those of you that, that know the hotel, a bit, bit like anything, you know, in, in hospitality, we like doing nice things for the employees, especially the HR director. But when I joined Mandarin Oriental, um, as well as doing that type of Christmas lunch, they do this thing in the, in the um, grotto, as they call it. And, and they've got an amazing guy. He's a guy called Alan Rushbrook. He's the engineering director. And he's kind of been at that hotel for like coming up to 15 years. And he said, listen, I, I, you know, we, we always decorate the the engineering workshop and create this grotto. And I was like, really, this is a bit strange. Um, so what they did is they basically, they, they turn an engineering work, workshop and they literally decorate all the engineering team. They have a disco ball. And basically um, they, they employ two people who they pay for to come and do karaoke and they bring their karaoke machine in. 
Um, and, and let's just say the reason they've repriced is the, the lady and gentleman that did it. And there's a reason for that is um, if you'd hear them sing, you'd realise why the reason they've repriced. <laughs> <laughs> and they sort of start as the warm-up. And what happens is uh, at Mandarin, is kind of the, the kit it out where the chefs bring food in and, and you know they, they create an even like a bar um, behind the um, behind like the, the workshop and when people finish the shifts so or people can come in on the day off you know kind of you know the food's going you know the Christmas pies and the, and the mulled wine and the drinks and so the, the, the grotto builds and builds and builds and builds um, and it just gets busier and busier in there you know it, it's quite a tight engineering workshop and my Christmas story is I'm, I'm not I'm not a great karaoke singer at all. And um, I think uh, like most people, I'm one of those people that kind of, how do you say, needs a push and a shove to get up and, and sing. A drink, you mean? Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, actually, that's the real, yeah, you, you said it as it is. So, so, yeah, after a couple of glasses of wine, you get a little bit braver and kind of, you know, the, the grotto kind of finishes at six o'clock and then everyone kind of would go across the park to uh, Winter Wonderland. So there's a, there's a payroll manager there, a guy called Jerry Milner. Um, and in his first year, he says, we've got to do a song. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing a song. No way I'm doing a song. So it gets to about half past five, quarter to six. Come on, last song, last song. Let's get the HR director up um, as well. So, so Jerry Milner, I call him the best payroll manager in the world. Uh, we're singing in the grotto um, and it's absolutely packed and we're doing Wonderwall. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, we used to have a Morgan Freeman stay with us quite regularly. Obviously did the documentary. Um, I'm singing Wonderwall with Jerry Milner in the back. Morgan Freeman appears in the grotto for a drink with all of the employees. So my claim to fame is me and Jerry sung Wonderwall in an engineering workshop dressed as a grotto, you know, in front of Morgan Freeman singing along in a glass Fantastic. of wine. So, um, wow. And when we used to tell uh, tell our, our employees about how do we look after our employees at Mandarin Oriental, you know, it was one of the nice little stories I used to love dropping in. And when you see on the recruitment trips, if you come to Mandarin Oriental, you never know who will drop into the, to the Christmas grotto. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of nice. <laughs> That's kind of my karaoke sort of, redemption. Yeah, karaoke <laughs> redemption. And uh, and every year, the bad thing is it kind of made a rod for his own back because every year it was kind of, right, oh, you're doing Wonderwall at the end, aren't you? And it's like, well, we're never going to top that. As yeah. a year, kind of people <laughs> can we get this year? Like, it was just pure luck. So, uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of my... My little Christmas uh, karaoke. Oh. I definitely will not be doing karaoke this afternoon, though, just so you know. Oh, <laughs> I've not passed my into song. I've not passed my preparation yet here, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, 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 think if I told that story, I would just end it by the fact I was serenading Morgan Freeman, <laughs> eye yeah, to yeah. eye, That's and made the high point, isn't it? Right there. He's coming on next, isn't he? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Phil, you organised this, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, is that Morgan? No, no. Um, no John's up. actually, good. John's a, an upcoming guest on the show. In fact, I think your your episode's out uh, the 30th, I think it is. I think of, you said 30th, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, uh, look out for that, because John's, uh, John's a natural. He doesn't yeah, think I, he is, but I, he is. I, 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 did, I, did, I did notice as well, obviously, you'll probably tell by my, my thick northern accent that... Um, you know, c c coming from Sheffield, Phil, Phil makes references to a certain full film that you take your clothes off, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm like, I definitely wasn't <laughs> in that, just for the record, neither. <laughs> uh, I think it's good to see that Phil's up in his quota of Northerners on his podcast, to be honest with you. What queer yeah. is over it? Too, there's, there's too many Southerners on, isn't there? The yeah. North deserves to be represented, goddammit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that, John. What do you what do you normally cook at Christmas, or what do you normally do for Christmas dinner? You don't know me very well at all, do you, Phil? As in my my my, my culinary skills, um, 
tend to tend to reach its peak at around beans at toast, and that's about it. As in, literally, right. which I, 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 I leave that. At, yeah, literally, <laughs> Christmas Eve, you generally find me uh, from eleven o'clock till about two o'clock, uh, yeah, propping up the bar with uh, with a few friends and um, my, my my good wife and uh, her, her mom do all the cooking, <laughs> and I do the washing up. <laughs> Cyrus has got some seats around his table, and he's banging out some wonderful Brussels sprouts. I'll be honest with you, you got to get on that. <laughs> Yep. By the time we've done with this, Cyrus, everyone's coming to yours for dinner, mate. Hey, no problem. Don't let me know in advance. I'll be I'll, more than happy. That was uh, always going to happen, being the uh, the only chef coming on the show today. So, um, but uh, yeah, you thanks very much, John. bags kept ready for you all. <laughs> I mean, that's host with the most. Yeah, we've got Brussels spot with an extra farting pill inside. <laughs> <laughs> Is there somebody else at the door? I think oh, there's, there's someone else coming in. Yeah. Mm. Who have we got now? I actually can't remember. Oh, Andrew Scott. Oh, hello. That's an apprentice power pose. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew. Good afternoon. Merry Christmas and welcome to the party. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are we all? Very good. How are you doing? Merry Christmas. Good. Merry Christmas to you, too. And look, he's got a jumper. Just like... He has embraced the Christmas spirit. <laughs> You're not allowed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so does uh, does everybody know each other? Do you all need a, a, a drink to kind of get to know each other? <laughs> a kill for that drink. Right I actually met Cyrus. Cyrus was a person that taught me how to do public speaking. Was he really? Wow. He sat in 2014, I think it was, where he was a keynote speaker at the Hit Scotland Edinburgh lunch. And I sat with Cyrus the night before. He told me brilliant stories about black credit cards and cook schools abroad. And we sat and got thoroughly pitched together, and it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I should say to everyone, if uh, there's now two Scotsmen on the uh, on the show, do you all need subtitles for this? Or are you, are you okay? Pardon? <laughs> Being Canadian, I would probably really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for lucky stars. Tony Singh is not coming on the program, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's you know, got an even thicker accent, hasn't he? You know, our series in India, The Incredible Spiceman, yeah. he is dubbed in India because the Indians can't understand a word he says. <laughs> <laughs> they think that a Sikh guy, he'll be speaking proper Indian accent English like I do, but no way. They couldn't have a, they can't figure out a word he says, so the... The whole series, he is dubbed every time he speaks and opens his mouth. That's very cool. Super. <laughs> so, Andrew, you have a, a story that, that you could retell about Indeed. Christmas. Indeed, I do. Thank you, Phil. So, oops, uh, farewell to Cyrus. Thank you very much, Thank everybody. Very much have fun. Enjoy. Bye, Cyrus. Thank Bye. you, Cyrus. Have Take it easy, mate. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Merry Christmas. And if you do need my address to come for a little bit of Brussels, I'll drop me an email. Okay. Your, your house is going to be packed Christmas Day now. You've said that. I'm on my way. Thank you. Take care. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Andrew. Yeah, absolute gentleman, isn't he? Lovely guy. Lovely yeah, man. Absolutely. So back in the day, before I became self-employed, I was a hotel general manager. And this would probably be 98, 99, so quite a long time ago. And we had 22 bedrooms in this hotel. But what we found was when it came to Christmas and New Year, 
There was the big struggle to try and sell uh, our room here, deposits, cancellations. So if you could get a family that would take over 22 rooms, it's not that difficult when people can descend on a small bank of law open to sell and say, we're having Christmas, we're going to go and climb Ben Lomond, and we'll, it's all very Scottish and real ales and log fires and malt whiskies. So in yes. particular, as you do, that's to be fair, Phil, that's, that's any week for you and I. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> we had, a, we had a, a situation where a family took all the rooms and in comes a wee doty old gran and I thought, oh, here we go. So they arrive on the 23rd and they do what they do and that's all fine. And then we've agreed that at six o'clock we're going to meet in the bar for a wee canopy and a wee drink. I would welcome them all to the, to the hotel and I'd go through the agenda on the 24th, we're doing this, we've got a nice dinner on Christmas Day, we'll do this, we'll do presents, we've got Santa. And so it's, it's all going well. And I'm doing a head count at about the, the six o'clock as we've all met in the bar. And of course, we Doty Granny is missing. I'm like, this, is, this is great. So somebody says, can we go and get we Doty Granny? I said, I'll go and get her. So I go upstairs and all I hear is a, a noise in the corridor. Help, help. <laughs> That sounds that like it. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm, I'm the wee doty granny, yeah. I'm trying to build up the tension here for an otherwise dull story. So, help, help. So I knock her bedroom door and she went, I can't get out. I can't get out. And I was like, right. I said, right, I've got a plan. Think, think. You're quite clever, Andrew. Think, think, think. So I run back down to the reception desk and I phone her bedroom, 105. And I says, uh, hello, Mrs. Whatever your name is, Mrs. Smith. Uh, this is Andrew at the desk. And she went, I'm stuck in my room, son. I'm missing Christmas. I said, well, you've only not long arrived. You're, you're not missing Christmas, but you're not part of the festivities. <laughs> I said, uh, what appears to be the, the, the trouble? She was, I can't get out of my room. I said, right, where are you? She goes, well, I'm clearly on the phone talking to you. I said, this much we have established. Are you on the phone beside the bed or are you on the phone beside the kettle? She said, eh, I'm on the phone beside the bed. I said, right. And to your right, is there a bed? Yes. To your left, is there a window? Yes. Does the window look out onto the bonnie banks of Loch Lomond? She went, yes. I went, good. In front of you, is there two doors? She went, yes. I said, oh, honestly, we're storming along. And the first door, what's that? She goes, that, obviously, is the door to the bathroom. I says, good, we're almost there, home and dry. And the second door, where do you think that goes? And she said, I don't know, it's got a sign saying, do not disturb. Humor me, open it and see what happens. Ta-da! That's, hey. that's miracle! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, poor thing. <laughs> Old people in hotels are one of my favourite things in the world. I mean, they're just, it's like the rules of common sense have just, they, they get put to oh. one side. I had a guy one night here that said to me, what time's your midnight buffet? <laughs> we used to get that on the ships all the time. Yeah, yeah. I said, it's 12 o'clock and he went, and off he walked. 
you know, do you know what? We, we, should, we, should, we should do something for hospitality catch and actually, actually create a, a hotel guest stories book, shouldn't we? Because some of these stories are just brilliant, oh. aren't they? Yes, and you yes. can't believe it, could you? <laughs> the do these stairs go up? <laughs> yeah, cool. That was wonderful. Yeah, do, do the crew live on board? my absolute my absolute favorite one is when people come to the front desk and they say do you know who i am and it's like well you haven't told me so no i have no i have no flippant idea who you are katrina i had a story uh i was an easter time and i was running a hotel big f and b operation easter monday you're doing hundreds and hundreds of covers it was the same idea the lady uh, walks up to the front of the queue she hasn't booked uh, and I said, look, I'm sorry, if, you, if your name's not down, you're not getting in kind of speech. And I went through to the restaurant and she went up and she sat at a dirty table and she went, she went do you know who I am? And I went, I looked, I went, no, I don't. She goes, well, I've now got the chair. So I called over two waiters and we took the table and moved it away and went, I believe you the table, so fuck off. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> uh, well, the, the guest is not always right. <laughs> I think that's somebody at the door. Was oh, another door? one at the door. Guys, I'm going to dip out. Enjoy yes. the rest of your Thanks, day, John. guys. Yeah. Thanks, Merry Christmas. 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 Merry Christmas. Thank you, John. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. It's Simon Taylor. It oh, is. Oh! You oh, like the memo. Christmassy enough now. Well, no. you said Christmas. I did the jumper. See? Yeah. winner. Got Christmas on as well. And and Andrew's made an effort as well. And Andrew and Simon, I think you know each other. We we bonded years ago at a trade show in London. We did. Hey, where are you? Back in your Condé Nast days. Yeah, man. You're looking good. I love the beard. I've not managed to get so much um, growth. <laughs> So I've uh, I've rebranded the show guys to Fell Street's Reunions. You know everything now, Phil. This is all it is. Yeah. Um, so, Simon, Hello, are, you, are you ready for you ready for Christmas? Uh, no. Good. Uh, Nowhere near it. I've got a jumper on. Any man should not be at this time. To be but, to uh, be fair, the Christmas has been organised, of course, by by family. They've done all the amazing Christmas things. I just have to sort of come up with the um, the next step, which is work like hell as everybody else has been trying to do this year and uh fly into the christmas week doing all the gifting and everything else at the last minute yeah that sounds about right let's do, hope uh, so. petrol station's got good gifts this year yeah, yeah. <laughs> i um at the risk of sounding like uh like graham norton off you go with your story oh it's it's that is it's a tap in oh so you know, <laughs> really briefly so i hadn't really thought about i thought there was me thinking phil you would you would tease out this story with with uh, interjecting questions and, and no, we've got no time for that shit. Fine, fair enough. <laughs> so, listen, I okay. How long have I got? This is a good point. Uh, as long as you need. As long as you oh, need. Really? Okay. Yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah. But not the four uh, and a half hour version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I think um, I, I spoke. You were asking about Christmas stories, and you were saying you know great things happened over Christmas or strange things happened over Christmas, and the one thing that always stuck in my head, we had a. Um, uh, a, a Christmas difficulty, I think it's probably the best way to describe it. A Christmas difficulty, uh, a challenge where uh, a, a, a long time ago, I worked in the Middle East, I worked in Abu Dhabi for uh, a private members club called The Club, an amazing place in Abu Dhabi. I loved my time there. It was like two and a half, maybe three years. And uh, I ran uh, the 12, 15 different outlets on, on food beverage. Um, and there was a sort of small exec team, me, the ops director, GM. 
And every year they have uh, a number of different Christmas parties because of different nationalities around the world. The, the Dutch do their little thing with a boat and a Santa Claus dude in November or something. And then around that Christmas period, of course, you've got the kids' parties and all that sort of stuff. But there's one, one party which is called the Adults' Christmas Party. And, yeah, it is a bit more risky. It feels a bit like a carry-on film. Do you know? It's, it's a little bit sort of like a little bit risque, a little bit, a little bit fun. People go out there with a few beers. Uh, they enjoy themselves. It's usually the band. It's a good night. It's about 100 and, uh, 180, 200 people on dining. And, the, you know, some people are even dining on the stage because you try and pack everybody in. It's, it's the one event that a lot of members wanted to try and get to every year. And in uh, probably about, you know, middle of the year, middle end of the year, the, the, the bosses uh, in, in the... Um, in our meeting said, listen, you know, Christmas party, entertainment, what we got? And we were like, well, we've got these people, or those people, this band or that DJ, all this sort of stuff. He said, well, I think we should get a comedian in. Great idea, let's get a comedian. And you tend to get these sort of blue comedians, and that will probably work out quite well for the Christmas party. And he said, uh, well, I, I, I've got this idea. This is, um, uh, ultimately, it's a comedian. Um, it's, it's a drag queen. And I remember looking at, at Mark, the other officer, and he looked at me and went, ooh, ah, mm, right, okay. Because there's still an element of conservatism out in Abu Dhabi anyway at that time. This is early, you know, early mid-2000s. Uh, and we all the time said, ooh, a drag queen. I don't know how that will go down, boss. You know, how, how, what do you think he'll be like? How, you know, what, what does it go with? Oh, he's super blue. He's out there. He's absolutely brilliant. And, of course, that wasn't really the time where you can tell me to go have a quick look at their YouTube channel and find out what's on. You yeah. build these things pretty blind, you know? Um, it came through an agent, it was a recommendation, and yeah, long story short, the guy turns up for, for, for the gig, the gig's cracking on really well, the ops director's playing Santa and having half the membership sit on his knee and probably getting touched up or whatever the thing was at the time. All these things <laughs> happened you know, in, in a time far, far, uh, far, far ago. Uh, food, brilliant, of course. I was you know, trying to run the food, it's got nothing to do with me, the chef team was banging it out, the ops team running it out, everybody's doing really well. Um, after the main course, uh, this act comes on. And as a drag act, who's going to be blue, I think he was probably told that, hey, listen, you know, this adult's Christmas party is very much for adults. Don't worry about the blue side. You'll be absolutely fine. So I've, <laughs> I've seen him come on, and he started to nail a few jokes and just hasn't got the audience whatsoever. And in fact, to the point where most of the audience are going to sat back and gone, what the, f the hell's going on? <laughs> so, so of that... He's gone blue, and then he thought, you know, clearly this drag act has gone, perhaps they want it a bit more blue. So after about sort of five or six minutes of really trying to tap this, to tap this guy and really get himself going, and he really was a good act, genuinely. I, I thought it was a really, really good act, but it was out there. It was really, really out there. I think he may have had some various toys as props or something as well. It was just totally over the top. You know, it was over the top anyway. It would have been over the top in uh, various places in London, let alone in Abu Dhabi, which has got this sort of conservatism and a load of drunkenness behind it. So, you know, long story short, we've got the guys coming from their tables now. They're getting up and they're, they're going to reception and starting to complain to the guys' reception, going, what the hell have you done here booking, booking this act? This is ridiculous. Wow. And I'm at, at the reception as well going, oh, okay, so the other ops uh, are, are, are the... Um, a uh, guy, of course, is playing Santa Claus and touching up half the membership. The GM now, I've had to go and get him out of his office, go, boss, uh, we've got a number of complaints here right now. To the point where committee members now have been corralled into go to reception and sort this out. Committee members come to the reception and sort it out. Meanwhile, the drag act's going on in the background with the whole blues and everything else as well. And, and so my GM, bless him, 15 minutes into this guy's set, 
he went, what do I do? And I went, you know, you can't carry on as it is. He's either got to be told, turn it down, or, or that's it, done. Anyway, long story short, again, the GM walks out of the reception. Is, what, is, is there a thing there? <coughs> Sorry, we've, we've had more guests arrive. Oh, right, fine. Okay. I thought you were just waving at me. Yes. Fucking cut it. <laughs> anyway. So, so the GM, bless him. And um, who's the... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, you know Porridge, the old BBC series Porridge, with the main prison guard there, the Scottish guy, who's quite small but quite upright and straight down the line or whatever. Great, great accent. So... Uh, the GM really is absolutely like that. He's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant GM. Lovely, lovely guy. So he's like, what do I do now? How does this work? So he turned around to me and said, don't worry, we've got uh, this Austin Powers lookalike gig. He was actually um, my F&B uh, manager at the time. He was doing the, the Austin Powers gigs. But I said, get Austin ready and we'll, we'll change everybody over. It's fine, not a problem. And the committee members had to pretty much walk the GM down the side of this auditorium and he had to go onto the stage and pull this drag act off. And okay, not pull him off like that, Phil. You always have to yeah, take okay. it to another level, don't you? I know. Oh, okay, I know it's Christmas, but not everybody. I missed the start of this story. I'm really concerned. Oh, I come in at the wrong time, didn't I? <laughs> anyway, he's an old GM and he's a we'll really nice guy. Right time. So, so yes, so yes. <laughs> You've lost it now, haven't you? Uh, oh, God, I've landed myself in it. Okay, so the GM basically has to say to this guy, thank you, mate, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm going to remove you from the stage. We throw Austin Powers on. There's obviously a couple of locals in the crowd, etc. The GM had told somebody as well to go to the, go to the changing rooms where this guy had uh, changed and, and got himself ready. There was a taxi waiting on the side of the stage. They put all his gear into the car, in the car, <laughs> Airport gone. Wow. And because they were genuinely worried, because it's you know it's not exactly the thing to be doing is having a drag act number one if he's going to be blue and really upset or offend people, which I think he probably had too. And they thought, listen, if we are held responsible for him being here, then we're all in trouble. Let's get him to the airport. Let's get him into the international space, and then he'll be well away. He'll be okay. And uh, yeah, it was entertaining. I've not I've not seen a, an act be removed from the stage by a general manager before, and it was a learning, I think, for everyone at that, uh, that time. I mean, I yeah. the idea that he was going and going and going, and then thought, I've clearly not gone blue enough, yeah. hang on a second, <laughs> let's bring out the toys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, especially in the Middle East, you know, Middle East, 0304, it still wasn't really out. I mean, Dubai could have done some, I know they're doing some more sort of out there stuff now, but back then, there was still a bit of conservatism in that point, I know there was a lot of drinking and you could go to a fancy dress party-ish if you were careful, um, but that sort of thing was was pretty out there. So it was brave, super brave of the GM, not just to book him, but also to have to go onto the stage and say, really sorry, pal, I've uh, I've got to get you off now. Thank you very much indeed. That's amazing. Bravo. Good story, man. Good story. All right. Hey. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, half decent uh, story for you. It sounds like you guys have had an amazing morning. Yeah, your taxi's outside. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not being pulled off, so I'm not. Uh... Hey. Uh, yeah, we've, we've we give Phil half an hour, and he'll get round there. <laughs> uh, and while we were you were telling that, we were joined by the lovely Haley Connor and the Hello. lovely Kelly Rickson. Hello, ladies. You're uh, you're still on mute. Hello. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> How are you doing? Are you you in San Francisco today? I'm in San Francisco, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I should have caller. like it's my my standard go to this uh this background so no one can see my messy room. 
mine is kind of like a Christmas pudding type looking head. Which I like it. It's, it's been, it's been labelled at me many times over the years. I have a head like a Christmas pudding, but yes. now I genuinely do. <laughs> My <laughs> antlers are off screen. Yeah, just, super cute just though. Do, do that. <laughs> are they lit up? Do they light up? No, your they're, they're bills. Oh, are they? oh, I had some of them on the other day. They're a nightmare. Drove me. I know. I'm really getting a headache. I don't yeah. know what. <laughs> so, so uh, you, you accentuate how much you move your head, doesn't it? I mean, the other like... I didn't realise quite how much Chris moves his head when he speaks, other than the other day when he was wearing these antlers and it was just. I was the one oh, sitting beside him. Let's just be clear. <laughs> I'm me on the other side, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly called a name of Bell in it, but for once I was living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a pub named after you, hasn't there? Yeah, in New Brighton. It's a great place. In New Brighton. Have you seen it? Him and his two mates. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the three, the three Bellens? Yeah, thank you. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, Chris. across the top Thanks of my screen, could be the three. That's true. Yeah. I'll twist bump for that. Yeah. Boom. Um, Hayley, do you want to uh, do you want to kick us off with your, your story? Yeah, I call the end of Simon's story, though, so I don't know if I'm going to do this justice. And <laughs> um, I'm sure you've had this a lot today, but like, I guess we um telling stories in hospitality around Christmas. There isn't that many PG versions I could no. I could find, so it's actually really difficult. <laughs> it is a um, challenge. It is a challenge. Um, you can move to fifteen if you want, or even eighteen. Actually, I'm, I'm probably going down to a twelve now. Oh, um, but it's you're nice. going on the wrong end of the scale. I mean, you've got to go further. <laughs> Yeah, I've got loads of those, but yeah, I'm, go I'm going for a, a 12, I reckon. Maybe it's a 15. So, my story is about a Christmas 2. Yay! Oh, it's a 12. I think it's a 12, yeah. But everyone, everyone loves 2, don't they? They love I mean, talking about it. Okay, I'm on the wrong call. <laughs> Some people more than others, but okay, roll with it. Um, so, I was working in a hotel, um, and I was doing nights. Uh, so when we did nights in this hotel, we do four shifts on, four shifts off, um, and our um, hours were sort of nine till nine a.m. the next day. And at two a.m. every morning, I go round and I do my fire checks. So I'd have this little blipper and I go round and I check all the doors and check all the fire exits. And one night, and it was at the start of my fortnight run I was checking one of the fire exits and was walking up one of the corridors I saw this little lump right um in the distance where this uh where this fire door was and I was like what what's that is it a mouse is it a rat oh god you know what, you know what is it um I'm gonna have to deal with this and as I got closer and closer and closer I could smell something that that just wasn't quite right <laughs> um and as I walked didn't smell up, like a rat <laughs> didn't smell like a rat it was actually a poo and this was all happening around christmas times and it was it was a human sized poo it wasn't a dog it wasn't um and we didn't allow dogs in the hotel actually it was a human sized poo so you know i checked the fire exit had to obviously clear the fire exit of the poo um so i went and got my gloves cleaned it up and in hospitality it's, it's funny we actually clean up a lot of bodily fluids like <laughs> There's always one at every party, isn't there? <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're trying to attract people into the, the industry. You do know yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Cat talk is not going to do it. I'll be honest. You know what? They, they bring the best stories. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, you're always pleased after you just get it done, don't you? So, um, yeah, I cleaned up the poo and told, obviously, everyone in the hotel that I'd found a poo in the fire exit. Um, as you do. As you do. About it, as you do. Um, and then put it to bed because I couldn't, I couldn't um, you know, we didn't have CCTV and I, you know, I couldn't access it. The next night, I go and do my 2am check again. Oh, to the same fire exit, and believe it or not, in the distance was this little mouse. <laughs> um, walked up to the fire exit, I was like, there's another Christmas poo. It's a Christmas poo. So, there's another Christmas poo. Um, what do I do? So, again, go and get my gloves, pick it up, deal with, deal with the mess, um, put it in the manager's diary third night of my night shift the christmas poo returned again <laughs> so three nights in a row we had this christmas poo in the fire exit i started looking into the guest list I was like right he stayed he stayed three nights what's happening um couldn't just couldn't pinpoint any particular guest or um or team member <laughs> that might be having a I, say, I like the idea, your first instinct that it was a guest who'd done it, you know, not, yeah, not totally. one of the randoms who works for you. Yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I kind of trust and also I think in the hotels you do get a little weirdness at night. Um, that's that's completely fair. The fourth night the poo wasn't there. Um, and I wish Christmas I had an answer Christmas to the mystery Christmas. of the Christmas tea, but I don't. Oh, oh my God. How am I going to say I know, I don't. It's, it's, like the, uh, it's like the Zodiac killer. <laughs> exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. But all I can put it down to, and I know I've had friends do this, is we had a sleepwalking guest that, you know, every night would, and I, I see this a lot in, you know, in, uh, in, in hotels and hospitality that, <laughs> You know, men will go and sleepwalk and they do their business. I say men, I'm putting it down. Oh, <laughs> they go do their business um, in <laughs> in a corner whilst uh, maybe a little drunk or... Um, yeah, I'm quite often pooing well. hotels when I'm drunk. It's just... Three nights in a row, a Christmas tea and a fire exit. There we go. And a very messy diary. <laughs> and a very messy diary. Kelly's story, Phil. I actually can give you another poo story, and I can actually I can twist it and give it a Christmas slant. You're going oh. to twist the poo. I'm going to twist the poo story. So I'll, I'll trust you. I did not think that this we were going to spend so much time talking about poo. But what are you roll with it? I wanted to eat my mince pie. It's pretty <laughs> quickly. <Yeah>. Do it quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to twist it into a Christmas slant. My my uncle, when he was at university trained to be a doctor, decides to have a flat party at Christmas time. Right? Yeah. Christmas morning, right? And what they would do is they would all have one of these big like, tenement houses and they would all congregate in the living room and they used to play a game called Find the Tolly. And a tolly is a good Glaswegian word for shite. Somebody would go and shoot somewhere in the flat and they all had to go and find it. That was the game. Oh. And the person... Ow. Where are you from? Was there any girls at this party? <laughs> the person that found it won a prize. So on this particular night, somebody at Christmas time goes away and does a wee tolly somewhere in the flat 
and then he comes back in and goes, I've done it, and everybody goes looking for it, and nobody can find it. So they assumed that the guy in question hadn't actually done it, and the days turned into weeks, and one day they're all sitting having breakfast, and the guy gets to the bottom of the margarine tub. Oh, mate! Oh. No way! Oh. <laughs> scooped out properly, did his business, and placed the butter back on top. I mean, that is genius. Dude, I'll be honest, if you ever invite me to a party at your house, I'm never coming. <laughs> I'm not on any toast. I'm not eating anything. That the sounds one. like a, a task on Taskmaster that, that was that didn't make the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the I bet there's a million things to ruin the hospitality industry. You should do another podcast I'm, focused on that. I'm just, well. I'm not being funny. I'm just impressed that somebody can do it on demand. Yeah. I mean, yes. yes. I mean, yeah. How good is that? Yeah. Oh no, well, yeah, I'll take this one for the team. Just <laughs> that. <laughs> And you've got to be grateful that it was a solid one, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Wait, Phil, take control. Kelly, no pressure. How can I mean, you bring that back? Kelly, before you start your story, I'm going to invite some more guests in. We've got oh, a, we, And I'm going to tell you that we've got possibly one of the greatest legends of hospitality waiting in the waiting room right now. I mean, yeah. Who is a hero to us all. I mean, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Uh, to us all now. I didn't hear a, a doorbell, to be honest. Oh, sorry. I'll just see. Chris if is retarded. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Really oh, failing God. us. But he is. Uh, Phil, is that a Christmas onesie you're wearing as well? Me. Is that a full on, that a full on suit? I've got shorts on the top. I think everybody's in. So we should have had Liam join us. We should have had Kate be joining us. Oh, there we go. Elsa. Yes. Liam Wood. Liking the graphic. Hey! Oh my, yeah. God, the guests just go. keep coming, don't they? Hello! Hey. 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 Merry Christmas! Hello! This is not what you were expecting. Not at all! <laughs> oh my God, look at Liam Wood. It's a Christmas attire, so... I'm just gonna, you know. Love it. <laughs> so, you Kate, you've, just you've joined our very serious panel discussion today. <laughs> yep. Um, what are your thoughts on Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna take too long, Phil. That's gonna take too long now. Come on, that's a whole new podcast. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm conscious of uh, that uh, you've all come at once. So I'm not prepared for you. I don't have any drinks or anything like that. But who of you is tight on time? Kate. So, Kelly, you were here first. I, yeah, I'm I'm going in early because I'm terrified. Some of these stories are getting down and down <laughs> and down, and, and mine actually was kind of like quite PG. And uh, we've been, like, for those just joining, we've been talking about poo for about 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of done with the poo tour. My, my story was, is actually not even my story. It's kind of borrowed from somebody. Mine were all a bit too filthy. But I was kind of involved on the periphery. But it, my, my story happened at Christmas time in uh, one of our hotels. It was a, a Devere hotel you might know called Slaley Hall. You may have heard of it up in Newcastle. Yeah. So it was over the Christmas period and uh, quite, a, you know, limited people available during that time. So I was one of the senior members uh, of the team that were there in case of emergency only. Um, and so we were all kind of sleepy and it was all nice and relaxed. And then uh, we had this phone call from reception. I was actually at home at the time. We get this phone call and there's a very distressed elderly gentleman at reception. And he's lost his wife. And everyone's like, what's going on? So he was well into his 80s, late 70s, 80s. 
and uh, he and his wife had gone to bed and he'd woke up and she'd gone. Snow on the ground, literally like the, the, the Twix was between Christmas and, and New Year. We we're all like, oh my God. So I get the emergency phone call. Oh my God, this is not good. This is not good. So I call the duty manager in and, uh, and, and he's on the phone. He's going, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. He said, you know, she just, you can't find out can't find her anywhere it turns into a full-scale search like a massive massive search so you know, police, everybody's out this it's, as time goes on hours are going by hours are going by it's getting really serious at this point we're all like bless her she's dead in a ditch it's a thousand acres she's wandered out in her pajamas and she's gone and we're like, oh, bollocks, what are we going to do? This is it. It's going to be Christmas message over as this, this oldie is going to be dead in a ditch. And you're thinking, oh, my God. So it gets to about four in the morning. And I'm like, right, guys, let's just, just we're going to have to just call it a night for the night. We'll have to start again tomorrow. So the supervisor who'd been on all night was just, he was white, he was ashen. And I was like, just you go and get a couple of hours and you, you'll be fine. Just, just go and get a couple of hours. So he goes off and about... 10 minutes later I get this phone call from him I'm like what's going on and what had happened is he'd gone back to his room got into bed and the old dear had got into his bed she'd been wandering the corridors and because it was in because he was duty manager he was just in and out of his room she'd found an open door she got into his bed was fast asleep we'd been searching for her for five hours we had the <laughs> rescue he got into bed and literally rolled over and she was snuggled in next to him. So he then had to go and explain to everybody that the owl doll was like not dead, but asleep in my bed. So uh, it, it turned out well, but actually it's still to this day, one of my favorite, because we were like, how it's going to be terrible. Everyone's going to be in the news. And it turned out to be one of the funniest things to happen to us over Christmas. So we now know that he, he likes the older woman and every time he kind of goes missing, we know that he's probably chatting up some 80-year-old. So, so we probably all know he had a quick sort of 15-minute spoon before yeah, he landed. Yeah, it took him some time. There you go. And you said that I lowered the tone. And a spoon could have been worse. It could, it could have been much worse. My only kind of little old, I've got an old thing going on today. We had a Christmas lunch once where in, in one of the pubs I was running and we had to, because we, we, they were quite elderly people that lived around, we decided to put transport on for them. But we, we didn't have a minibus. This was 20 years ago, so uh, excuse me, it's totally inappropriate. But, what, but our, our, our delivery guy, our, our meat delivery guy, had a Sherpa van. So we decided that if we put a couple of like, like benches in the back, we could go around and pick up all the owl dolls in the back of the Sherpa van and, and bring them for Christmas lunch. He's like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. And know at the time you think, oh, it'll be great. It'll be no bother. You think, really? So he, he gets in his Sherpa van, which looks a little bit dodgy, and he goes around and he's collected old people and he picks up one of them, Hillary, and, and Hillary was a bit of a moaning minute. She was a nightmare. So she sits in, he sits here in the front and uh, all the way collecting everyone. She's moaning, oh, I'm really hot. Oh, it's really, I'm really uncomfortable. And he's like, I'm going to kill him. I'm just doing this. I'm out of the goodness of my own heart. And it takes him about 45 minutes to get every, pick everybody up and get back to the, the pub, to the hotel. And he finally gets back to the hotel and everyone starts piling out the back of the Sherpa van. 
Uh, and Hilton won't get out the front seat. And he goes in and he's like, come on, time, get out the back. She's like, I feel really bad. And he's like, get out the back. And as she gets out, her slippers had melted to the floor of the van. So the radiator had gone and the floor had heated for 45 minutes. She was actually melted to the bottom of the Sherpa van. <laughs> she got dragging up, she had to walk around in her bare feet for the whole time. There we go. Uh, never send any old people my way. Well, we've all we've all got this to look forward to. Hey. Yes, I can't wait to melt my slippers in your van. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, right in the back. I think I find that funnier than I should do. I think that's really, really tickling me. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it was like you got out and she's a moaner. Eh? She hasn't stopped moaning the whole time. The woman was about five degrees off combustion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Kelly, if, um, if you need to do a run, I'll just do one. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm no, really no, sorry. No. I wish I could, I wish I could stay in. now. You guys look like you're going to have a right fun afternoon. Yeah. I've got to see you Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, Kelly. Bye. 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 Ah, there we are. Melting in a butcher's van. Genius. So, Liam, I uh, I love what you've done with your eyebrows. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. if you try to rip me off, Liam. <laughs> I discovered these. I was putting Christmas decorations up, and I found these in a box. And surprisingly, not many chances you can wear these on a on a day to day. So I thought today was the perfect opportunity. They yeah, not many. Uh, not not many Zoom calls. No, uh, no, 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 not that many. Yeah. No. See, we're pioneers, guys. We're pioneers. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So jumper, by the way. That my jumper is a pun. It says fleece navidad. And it's got a sheep yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. Don't you really have... Fabulous. I knew I could rely on you, Liam. Thank I knew you, I could rely on you. It's <laughs> a bit of international humour. Yeah, <laughs> For our Spanish <laughs> listeners. Just as we're getting yeah, kicked I, out of Europe. There you do go. you have any uh, any Christmas stories that don't involve sauce on ceilings? Uh, no. No, yeah, no, no. I mean, yes, I do have one that doesn't have sauce on ceilings. I don't know if it's um, more of a tale of a... It's a Christmas Eve, wouldn't it? You asked for like a Christmas story. I just always remember this particular Christmas Eve. I think it stayed with me. But it's a it's a story of healing. Uh, it's a story of a Christmas miracle and a story of goodwill, really. Oh, we've, we've heard that one before, mate. You got any other ones? Oh, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, as most of my stories do, it begins it begins with a drink. Um, so I um I'd gone out the night before Christmas Eve. I think I got a little bit too festive the night before. Uh, but I was, I was working as a supervisor at a time, um, so sometimes I'd do like manager shifts, sometimes I'd be uh, a waiter, which is wonderful. And that Christmas Eve, I was doing an 11-4 as a waiter. What a great shift. It's so easy. <laughs> I was going to have a wonderful time. Uh, so, yeah, so I thought I could get away with a, a drink the night before. Um, so, I, yeah, I woke up on the Christmas Eve and I was uh, slightly more hungover than I wish I was. It wasn't like the worst hangover I've ever had, but um, it was certainly a challenging morning, you know, and things aren't quite going right. I was slightly late and I was, uh, you know, kind of like, it was just a difficult morning. I didn't have any food that I wanted to eat. It was, it was a pain. But I get there and I'm thinking it's going to be fine. You can just do a shift as a, on a hangover. It's fine. You're a waiter. You can crack on with this. The first thing I see when I walk in is there's a, a woman lying on the floor, like near the entrance of the, the restaurant. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. There's lots of people around her. She's kind of be, being helped. Um, Good start. We're going to swerve that straight away because I'm not equipped to handle whatever is going on right there. Uh, and it, besides, I'm a waiter, so I don't need to refer around. Um, shoot me upstairs. I kind of I'm getting changed. I nearly throw up because, of course, that's obvious. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that, that, that is when I find out. I get uh, approached by one of the other managers in the corridor, and I find out that somebody's car couldn't start. The manager that was um, supposed to be kind of doing the, uh, the swing shift uh, couldn't get in. So 
hey, great news. I'm here. I'm going to step up and do, do a manager shift that day. And so my 11-4 as a waiter got upgraded <laughs> to, a, to a Christmas Eve close as a manager. And I'm like, oh, God. It's a swing shift, not just the worst thing in the world ever. Because oh, it's never yes. a swing shift. It's never a swing shift. Exactly. I was like, I know exactly how this is going to go. We're going to find cover for the close. Yeah, no, we're not. Um, <laughs> just imagine the crushing feeling by all of my Christmas spirit is just drained from my body at this point. So yeah, so I had to go and buy I had to go buy a shirt. It was in a, in a shopping centre, so you can manage in a shopping centre at Christmas. That was that was cool. And when I did that, <laughs> I came back in, and, then, and so once I come back in from the um, from buying a shirt, this poor woman is now on a stretcher. The and it's been taken away, so I'm now having to deal with paramedics and a whole kind of busy Christmas Eve shift. So that's um. Yeah, that was it. That was a crushing moment. But I feel like it sums up the chaos of Christmas in hospitality. From that point on, I decided um, to just kind of try and try and deal with my day a bit in the best way possible. Kind of trying to try and rebound because I felt awful. We'd ruined this lady's Christmas. She'd broken her ankle because she, she'd fallen over. So she was about to have a really really bad Christmas. So that was quite crushing. But so I thought we'd just kind of flip reverse it. And at that point, I went on this <laughs> mad trajectory of trying to spread Christmas joy in a slightly delirious. Not quite knowing what I was doing, trying to run this Christmas Eve shift. Like, what is happening? We had there was a shop, so I was, I was just giving out so many freebies. I was like, "Yeah, you can have this. Oh, here's your stuff. Have a cookie. You get this." I'm like, <laughs> feeling like Oprah. Yeah, exactly, like yeah. Oprah, but with small cakes. Panettone for you. Panettone for you. Panettone for you. bag off you go. Um, uh, so yeah, but it helped my Christmas recovery. It's either that or it's the paracetamol. But either way, I started to feel better. Oh, it was definitely um, that. It was definitely yeah, that. It came back round as well. The, the regulars then started coming in. They were giving us gifts. This is beautiful. I nearly cried at that point because it was the <laughs> afternoon. Um, I was I was losing myself. But yeah, the joy did start to fade by the time it got to the end of the shift, and I realised we had a we had a pop up shop to deal with as well. And obviously, I was closing by that point, so I had to start doing maths. Yeah, exactly. Firstly, it was a shopping centre, so we did close. We closed earlier than we would do usually, which was good. The Carluccio's Christmas pop-up shops. My yeah, my favourite memory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's just plug this till in and hope it's all working. <laughs> no Wi-Fi. Spoiler alert: it wasn't working. You <laughs> uh, feel like brilliant. a crime scene investigator trying to find out where where the money is gone. <laughs> it's here somewhere. Yeah, so, so that was it. So by the end of the shift, uh, yeah, I lost my Christmas shift, but um, but then we celebrated by going to the pub because it was Christmas Eve. Of course, of course. <laughs> and the and cheers came back. back. Exactly, exactly. Because you would have been uh, about twelve years old at this point, right? So yes, um, yes, yeah. uh, going on thirteen. So it's yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice one, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Always stay to be that day. That's all right. You're most most welcome. I might take my festive glasses off now. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And we're joined by Elsa Diego as well. Elsa, good to meet you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Elsa's obviously, there's quite a lot of previous guests on the show, Elsa being one of them. Elsa started this wonderful thing in lockdown called Hospital Box, but is also a, a graduate of the school of Danny Meyer. So there's uh, there's going to be no pressure on the story here at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm afraid that... It was all it was all PG at Danny Meyer, so it's very. Uh, I don't have any. I don't. I don't have any particularly good Danny Meyer stories. But um, the the when when you reach out, fell and said, and you know, to come up with a Christmas story, I thought it's, it's always really hard to pick. Is the problem because yeah, Christmas is notoriously where everything goes wrong. So I have many many stories, but I think 
you know, my, my favorite one, which actually is, is a New Year's Eve story. It's not actually a Christmas story, but I feel like it, it's still in that, it's close enough. In that time it's of year window. where everything goes wrong. In fact, I always find that New Year's Eve is the hardest because you've gone through Christmas and you're just like, I just have one more shift yeah. to do during the festive period. And, you, and, and yeah, things inevitably go wrong. And so I was, so this was in 2013 going on 2014. So New Year's Eve 2013, I had opened a restaurant called Source Thatchley, which was in Battersea, obviously, as the name entails. And it was our first New Year's Eve. We had opened a month before. Uh, we, we were doing really well. We were really busy. It was our first New Year's Eve. We were extremely excited about, about this night. We had our, you know, New Year's Eve festive menu. We had hired a chef whose name I, I will not, uh, mention <laughs> because you'll find out by the story. There's a reason I don't mention his name. So <laughs> he had started, he had started, uh, yeah, about two months before, you know, one month before we opened and he was probably one of the best cooks I've ever come across, like really unbelievable talent in terms of cooking. But but in the um, human interaction side, it was a little bit more difficult. We, we were finding out after a few weeks that, you know, having a conversation with him was very difficult and he was very much, uh, he had his own ideas about things and he liked to do things his, his way. And I was already a little bit on edge. I was a bit nervous about this night. He was very upset that he had worked five days in a row around Christmas, which was very surprising for a chef in my mind. I was just sort of like, you know, it's a tough time of year. We, you know, we do expect that we're going to have a few late nights. Anyway, so I thought New Year's Eve, come on, let's do it. We're fully booked. We've got two services. We're going to, you know, we're going to nail it. It's going to be great. And, um, you know, the first, you know, first sitting goes really well. People are in, people are out. The food is beautiful. I'm like, this is great. We're nailing this. And second, you know, second sitting starts. And the second seating is way, like, it's it's more like our regulars. It's our friends. It's like the important people, like the VIPs are in the second seating because they want to do, you know, they want to celebrate midnight with us. And, you know, champagne is flowing. I'm thinking, this is great. And we have this table of eight gentlemen who come and Two of them are have been regular since the day we've opened. Uh, they're very vocal about how much they love our restaurant. They're telling everybody. I'm like, these are the proper VIPs. Let's make sure everything goes well. Um, one of the dishes we had on the menu that night was uh, it was a sort of potato rosti with this poached egg and raclette cheese. It was very uh, it was very festive. It was very uh, amazing. It was, yeah, it was very okay. yeah, it was Take very delicious. It was very delicious. And and so this gentleman in question was a vegetarian, so he was very happy that he was like, oh, I'm so glad you've done something different. It's always risotto, and I'm really excited. And so he he orders the rosti. He's very excited, and he they're sort of eating. You know, the the room is full. And he calls me over. And he's like, <laughs> he, he calls me over and he says, do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> I'm like, um. like a trick question. I'm like, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, do you think I'm stupid? And I'm like, I, no. Why? Like, why? Yes. And he says, look at my plate. So I look at his plate and obviously it's a bit mess of egg and cheese. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what, like, literally, I don't know what you're asking me. He's like, and he, he pushes the, the cheese aside and he says, does this look like a potato rusty to you? And, and lo and behold, it's mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I, so I'm, you know, baffled by what's happening in front of me. I'm like, oh, um, I don't like, I don't really know what to say. It's obviously a mistake. Maybe somebody ordered mash and it came to your, t I'm like, I, you know, I apologize profusely. Let me take the plate away. I'm so sorry. Take the plate away, run to the kitchen. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And the chef goes, is that really yeah, what you said? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> maybe not maybe not in those words like <laughs> frisbeed it into the through the pass but i was just like what, like what is it and the chef goes um oh yeah sorry i forgot to say we ran out of rosti and i'm like <laughs> sort of i'm so sorry uh, i'm like you 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 ran out of okay so you you think you got to tell me this before you send out mashed potatoes because it's not really the same tit <laughs> and he's a wall you know, what do you want me to do? And I was like, I want I, I want you to tell me that you run out of potato rusty so that I can figure something else out. And he's like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do. You know, I don't have any more. And I'm like, okay, so, oh, oh, fine. Okay, you need to come up with another vegetarian dish, like immediately, that's not mashed potato, basically. So anyway, we have this argument. I find something for this gentleman to eat. He's furious, but I'm like, okay, let's just try and carry on with the ship. Midnight. You know, we we approach midnight, everybody gets a glass of champagne, you know, everybody does the, you know, the countdown, five, four, three, two, one, and, you know, starts dancing on the table. And I'm like, okay, we've kind of regained control of the situation. It's much better. And I I think, okay, in the spirit of the new year and trying to be positive, I, I bring everybody in the kitchen a glass of champagne too. I say, come on, chefs, let's, it's not long to go. Let's try and be positive. And, you know, everybody does cheers. And I go back into the into the dining room and, you know, everybody's getting drunk and it's fun. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is now the second seating that start to order dessert. You know, all the dessert orders start to go through the kitchen. That sort of, you know, uh, slightly upset table has forgiven me, I feel, and orders are going in, but no desserts come out. And I'm sort of like, okay, like I know everybody's dancing, getting a bit drunk, but it's been a while now. It's been like a good 11 minutes. Like surely like a piece of, you know, chocolate cake should be coming out by now. And I'm sort of running around, you know, making cocktails and trying to help. So I'm sort of, I'm struggling to get through the kitchen to go check. And the kitchen is sort of, we had a two level kitchen, but the desserts were coming out of the basement basically. So I'm sort of, you know, I tell everybody in the restaurant, okay, watch the floor. I'm just going to run down and see what's, what the holdup is. And I go down into the kitchen and all the lights are turned off and there's nobody in the kitchen. Like literally the kitchen is, there's nobody there. And I'm like, what? And there's like the past, you know, the, the ticket machines coming through and all the tickets are coming in and there's just like 15 dockets and nobody in the kitchen. And I'm like, what, what's happened? <laughs> like, where are the chefs? What's happened? And the, the head chef at this point sort of walks by me, like sort of behind me, like out of the locker room. And I'm like, what are you doing? What's happening? And he's like, well, my shift is over. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What do you mean your shift is over? He's like, well, it's past midnight and you brought us champagne. So I assume you were sending everybody home. So I sent all the chefs home. And I was like, are you joking? I was like, you're a head chef of a restaurant. Are you like, you don't leave. The, you, like, it's he's like, well, it's New Year's Eve. Like, I also want to like party, you know, I need to like go home and, you know, see my wife because it's New Year's Eve. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, listen, the penny like, <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine your face being like, I, I'm not comprehending what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah, I just, and I'm like, is this like a New Year's Eve prank? I just, and the, like the machine is still going, the tickets are still coming in. And I'm like, I don't even, like, I don't even know what to say. I'm so shocked by it that I'm just like, uh, and I'm like, well, you need to get back into the kitchen and make those desserts right now. And he's like, well, no, I'm leaving. I was like, okay, if you leave, okay. I was like, like thinking, I'm going to fire you anyway. But at this point, if you leave, like you're not coming back. And he was like, this is ridiculous. It's so unreasonable of you to expect this of me. And I was like, oh. I, was I like, love okay, his blind just... optimism that he was like really just going to go out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, it's but, usually um, not going to find it. Gordon Ramsay's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, you know, I just, just keep going. I was like, that's, I'm just going to make the desserts myself. I was just like, that's fine. I just like grabbed like 
I think it was a bartender. And I was like, you put an apron on. Let's go downstairs. <laughs> and we just had to make the desserts. We just had to like finish making the desserts. And, you know, the amazingly, we got through it. I mean, it was very delayed desserts. And by then, people were quite drunk. But what's amazing is that the next day, he showed up completely yeah. oblivious, like completely as if it had been normal. And he was like, how was the end of the night? Was it okay? And I was just <laughs> like, are you actually here in front of me? <laughs> it's like, get out! Yeah, this is not even I mean, the crazy story good. with him, but but I do right, remember God. that New Year's Eve, and it has it has stuck with me. And to this day, I still cannot eat potato rosti. Can I just say? Cause it <laughs> <me> every time. <laughs> or you have PTSD about mashed potatoes. I'm I'm PTSD exactly. You know, one of my uh, favorite moments in that story was when when you said uh, so. By this point, everybody was dancing on the table, so you know we'd regained control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That isn't New Year's Eve under control. If people are dancing and drunk, you've nailed it. You're like, yeah. that's it. I've, yeah. I've done my bit, right? This in Cardiff, awesome. that's a Tuesday under control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't well, know. I'm going to go back to the man with his mashed potatoes, poached egg, and his raclette cheese feeling bad about life. What yeah. is he talking about? It sounds that's pretty good. good. I would eat that. That is Kieran's Christmas in a bowl right there, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's as close to Christmas dinner as I'm going to get, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> and we've, uh, we've welcomed back Kate Nichols, who had to just nick out and get a bottle of wine because she'd forgotten a bottle of wine for the party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Kate, do you want to just plow straight in? Because I know you'll be a bit short on time. Okay. Um, mine is going to sound really boring and dull after that. I've, I've got two <laughs> very quick Christmas stories. One... One sort of uh, similar kind of rescue the party and, and how are we going to do this in the last minute scrabbling around. And then one that I'll leave you with where you might all feel sorry for me as to having had a bleep. Um, so so my, my mostly at this time of year, apart from this year, my December is taken up entirely with organising the biggest Christmas party for the industry. Um, where we have 1400 people that come together from all aspects of hospitality huge Christmas lunch. We've been doing it for 20 years, uh, 20, 22, 23 years now. The first time we did it, I think we had 200 people at the, the party. Uh, this time around, it was it's, it's normally 1,400 people. Um, and I've been involved for the last 20 years. And in fact, um, I was working at Whitbread at the time when the first, uh, first party was done, where my boss at the time said, could you go and meet Nick Bish, who at that point was chief executive of the ALMR, who wanted to organize a piss up in a brewery and could I help him do it? So we organized the first Christmas lunch for 200 of us in the Whitbread Brewery and then expanded and grew bigger and bigger. So now we take over Billingsgate each year. We have 1400 people. It's the biggest industry event in the, in the year. But I, I therefore appreciate everything you do all over the, the rest of the year where you're running around trying to make sure everything happens and it's all coordinated and it, it can Slightly go out of control, but if you don't have too many Jaeger bombs uh, being served, then you can keep control of it and make sure it all happens okay. But the very first year that I was chief executive and took over, um, the chief executive normally had a very small role to do speaking. So it was my job to sort of welcome everybody, say hello, uh, and take it from there. And our chairman at the time did the big set piece, 10 minute state of the nation, this is what's happened this year, this is what we're looking forward to next year. And our chief executive at the time was, was uh, a chairman was uh, Steve Richards, who at that point ran Novus Leisure, now runs Park Dean Resorts and previously has run Casual Dining Group. Um, and he was ill in the run up to Christmas. Every time I spoke to him, he coughed, he had a really, before coronavirus, but he had really bad <laughs> 
Um, and I kept saying to him, are you sure you're going to be okay doing the speech? Yeah, 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 obviously fine doing the speech. Not a problem at all. Do the full presentation. So we have no auto cues. So we're all doing it live. It, it's sort of memorize your speech and present it to 1400 people. And this was the first time that I'd ever spoken to that many people. So it's 2014, taking over as chief executive. So I'd, I'd done my bit, got it nailed down. We went into rehearsals at the event and he turned up looking like death warmed up, really white, slightly sweaty and just coughed. And I said, are you sure you're going to be OK? Yeah, yeah, get me a drink and I'll be fine. We'll go to rehearsal, we'll do a sound check. And he could not get two words out without coughing. So we changed all the times for the, the meals going out because it was going to take him twice as long to do his speech. And literally about 15 minutes before we were due to go on stage, he finally said, I can't do my speech, but I need you to do it. And I need you to <laughs> memorize it. I don't want you to deliver a speech that you're okay with. I want you to deliver my speech. So that was my option to, um, not, not, I haven't always been as comfortable with public speaking as I am now, but that was my sort of introduction as the baptism of fire to sort of presenting and, and getting a, a speech out and, and away and managed to do it. So that was that was my, my good news story. I didn't keep control of the room. I did let them continue serving cocktails while we were speaking. <laughs> That's a wise choice. With, uh, <laughs> several people get them on the uh, tables, sort of get it done. all the way through it. But, a slight but, distraction from you, which I feel like was probably a bit of a benefit for you at the time. You were like, oh, thank God they're not fully listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it was sort of, um, yeah, it was it was challenging and interesting, and it was a, it was a good way of it, introducing it. But but as I say, and then Steve called me the next day and said, by the way, I've been diagnosed with walking pneumonia, which was uh, <laughs> not contagious, not infectious. We did the story does not end with infecting the whole of the hospital. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, there's a bit of a theme because my my second Christmas story, which always stays in my mind. It's probably another one. There's a theme of please feel sorry for me in the run up to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> when we were working at Whitbread, um, we did sympathies. have, oh, oh, sorry. You've had a big year, so you've got our sympathies <laughs> already. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I, I, it feels as though I should be getting sympathy in any case, but then. <laughs> yeah, really, what, sorry, I haven't seen you in anything here. <laughs> what's, what's happened? It's been a bit of a quiet year. It has, Not much it? Yeah. to do at all. Um, but my other sort of please feel sorry for me at Christmas, maybe Christmas is just my disastrous time of the year, uh, was uh, working at Whitbread when they decided they would do a white night bid. They had travel in at the time and they would do a white night bid for Travel Lodge. So I spent one memorable boxing day sticking coloured pins into a mat because this is the days before we've got sort of IT sophistication of where did we have a premiere in? Where did they have a travel lodge? Was there an overlap so we could go for the competition authority? So that was my really fun boxing day back in the early. <laughs> um, so, so that's my my second sort of please feel sorry for me. But that, that's boxing day living the dream, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. And, you know, test of geography. I mean, I, I think it's kind of maybe something that everybody should do with their family. Can you test your geography? Do you know how to pronounce all the bizarre words like beaver toast, toaster and all of those kind of places can you find bits of whales on a map <laughs> you put the right colored pin on them you've uh, you've given me an idea for a christmas game now on uh, in my own family i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna get the premier in portfolio and go right where's milton Keynes? sorry liam you know that one but um <laughs> does that mean i'm winning is that <laughs> no <laughs> 
Never. Uh, and then you can do a sort of family test as well as to what were they previously called. So who remembers them when they were Trust House Forte? Goodness. You've just wiped out half the call there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, bless you. Thank you very much for, for popping in. And let's be honest, this is the best piece of media that you've done all year, right? So, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the first time I've been able to wear my festive sweater. Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah, Thank you for looking after us this year. We, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. I now need to remember to take off the festive sweater before I go and do a piece to camera. <laughs> no. We'll go and leave it on. Leave it on. No, no. Leave it on. Hey, uh, if I don't see you on Sky News at some point today with a festive squirrel, I'm yes. going to be very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. Uh, on, uh, on behalf of everyone, I think thank you very much for everything you've done this year. I think um, you, uh, you won't see this yet, but we did a little piece on Friday and you were my hero of the year. Um, oh, thank you. Everything that you've done. Well, I look forward to being able to welcome you back to the 25th UK Hospitality Christmas lunch next year for 1,400 people. Uh, <sighs> one on stage trying to keep control. Yes. Well, I think you might need to up the numbers next year, Kate. I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of people going to be just waiting for every opportunity to party next year. So you might yeah. have to double up. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I can't think of a venue in London where I could get more people in. You'll have to come out of London. Battersea. We'll find one. Battersea Power Station people. Wembley Stadium. Yeah. Let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go big. Go big or go home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's the XP way, Kate. We all, that's, that's the rule of thumb in life. Yeah. Always go as big, as ridiculous as you can. Well, maybe I'll have to just do three or four of them. Yes, regional. regional. Very good, you yeah. Do the North, not Manchester, but somewhere in the North. A bit like the Travelodge game. You the could Penines. have a map. <laughs> a map with some dots. I could have to do a road trip. If you're going to do one in Glasgow, don't do one with uh, Andrew's family. You'll have to go back to his story earlier on. <laughs> Otherwise, 1,400 people playing his games just wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> we invite you to a house party, just say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> well, I think, I think we've heard everybody's stories, apart from our own internal crew. Oh, cap. You didn't hear Maybe my story, right. but I'm an internal crew, they're, so they're people can leave. That bless you, though. I just like putting my hand. I just like attention. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> can you tell? Yeah, um, no, but mine's, an, mine's an internal story, so it can totally be after everyone goes away. Oh, you feel your boots, girl. I mean, yeah, go for it. Go for it. People can story. also please feel free as guests of the party. You don't have to stay. You're welcome to, to go anytime you wish, but you are also, of course, welcome to stay. I want to hear the story. Is that how you normally greet guests at a party, Phil? Yeah, yeah. I've got no food. No, you just come and go as you please and do your own thing. I have to go. I've got a day job. (laughs) What are you trying to say? I'm going to have to go too, but I will try and make sure the squirrels makes an appearance on on one of the news broadcasts. Oh, yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Lou. Take care. Bye. Bye, Lou. Bye. Bye, as well. So thank you all. That was lovely. Ah, uh, thanks, oh, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Brilliant I'm story. Oh, it's yeah, sad everyone's gone. Anyone else? Go on, Kat. Go on, Kat. All right. So this is uh, a story uh, of Christmas uh, back in the day, probably about 2015, Good. 2016. I don't remember. Back in uh, the day. That's back in my day of my uh, early hotel career. Um, yes, I know. I'm blowing a few minds here. 
not my early career, but my early hotel career, where um, I worked at um, a, a hotel in uh, Vancouver, um, which was a historic hotel in Vancouver, Canada. So for those of you that aren't familiar with Canada, um, a historic hotel uh, was built in 1986. <laughs> um, for, for those that live in England and actually have some history, yes, my historic hotel was built in 1986. You have um, just was, referred to 2016 as being back in the day. So yeah, you, yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, my years are just all over the place. Um, but it was built to look like, you know, a very um, Victorian style, really um, lovely European hotel. So it was all made of marble. Literally the floors, the walls, the doors, everything was made of marble. And on one of my first Christmases there, I was about three months in, um, I learned that one of, the, one of the things that they do to support people with their families is if you have a family or children, not if you have a family, sorry, if you have children, um, you get the opportunity to pick which Christmas day you want off, whether it's Christmas Eve or, um, or Christmas day. And you kind of get the priority because you have kids to, to look after for Christmas. And so... I, I did not have kids um, at, that, at that point in my career. I do not have kids now, except for my cat, who I do consider one. Um, but so Christmas Eve, uh, whatever year it was, it was uh, a lot of a lot of the youngins. Uh, so so the new to hospitality, like you, you mean, like myself, the the new yeah. to hospitality, the the younger generation. Uh, not very many senior people on the team at the hotel. But hey, it was Christmas Eve. What could go wrong? So about about 11.30 p.m., um, the, this group of guys walks into the hotel. And when you first walk in the main door of the lobby, you can either go straight to reception or go take a straight left, like pretty much the super right angle, um, and go directly towards um, the lobby area that takes you to the rooms. So they come in the front door, and right as they turn the corner, one of these guys just projectile vomits all over the entrance of the lobby. And we're all like, disgusting. Fantastic. All right. So I radio engineering and somebody's coming. Oh, and I forgot to say security. We usually have a lot of security at this hotel uh, because it's in downtown Vancouver. For those that have been there, we have a lot of homeless people, but they were currently breaking up a fight between three homeless guys behind the hotel. So security is currently doing something sounds, else. Sounds like a really lovely place. It's a fantastic <laughs> place, Vancouver. There's homeless people fights everywhere. No, <laughs> um, but um, but so, you know, I call engineering. They're, they're coming. I call security to, to help me manage it. And they're busy. And it's like, okay. So as I'm getting the wet floor sign and coming around the corner of the front desk, a group of ladies follows in their big stiletto heels. Um, and they come around the corner and all of them slip. Um, oh. in, in the chunder that is all over the floor one of them doesn't get back up and she's bleeding from her head on the floor and we're all like oh my god <laughs> you know we're like i would like to say that everyone was fine in the end but we're like as i say young bucks in the industry no seniority whatsoever we're all looking at each other like you know the girls are drunk they're screaming they're yelling we're trying to tell them to calm down or not to touch her someone's already on the phone to 911 but we're just straight panic we have no idea what to do and this poor girl is lying bleeding from her head in a sea of vomit <laughs> which is Again, not, the, not, not the right way that you want to spend your christmas eve the other ladies are super drunk they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing they're slipping and sliding everywhere and i'm just trying to keep everybody calm and i you know at this point security's been like leave the homeless guys out back we need you in here way more let them have their territorial fights and they come in the ambulance is here now luckily we live just around the corner from or we didn't live sorry the hotel was just around the corner from the hospital and they came in and everybody was fine 
But I will say, I am never going to forget that Christmas Eve for the rest of my life. Wow. It makes me wonder, Liam, is that what happened in Colucci's when the old lady fell over? Was it on a pile of vomits? <laughs> it was just, it was just such it a was split, me. You know, it was just such a split second thing. Like, they walked in, they puked, they walked away. The next group of people came in and it was just, you know, I didn't even have time to come around from the front desk with the wet floor sign before, you know, a group of four ladies had had just gone in it and it was just like and it was literally like when you watch um uh oh what do you guys call it here we have a, in a canada and america the show is called Wipeout, uh but you guys have something very yes, similar yes, but yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. when they're in a mud pit and they're all just sliding everywhere that's kind of what was happening <laughs> in the front entrance of this lobby and, <laughs> and then this one poor girl is just unconscious on the ground bleeding from her head and i was like i can tell you i had no idea what to do i just i had no idea other than the fact that someone was already on the phone to 911 and we were trying to get everyone to calm down we had no idea what we should do well, and i will uh, say and i will say from that blue roll just start popping it down next just blue roll, get it down <laughs> but i, I will say after after that christmas there has now always been a senior member on during christmas no matter what there's always someone around the front lobby. Of children that you can't let children run the hotel. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we've really dealt with bodily fluid film. Absolutely. Um, the, yeah, we've dealt with all the high subjects today, haven't we? Yeah, and we I think really have. Simon has another bodily fluid story that he well, might want to share. Do you know what, Katrina, your, your story has just like jolted me in a way oh that isn't, isn't fun. I think it's uh, PTSD, mate. Yeah, uh, genuinely, right now, I'm sitting here on the PTSD line. I think I might need some counselling. So, it, well, the, the severity goes up a level, but there was sort of puke. And, anyway, I'm going to try and surmise this really quickly. Uh, Phil will know what I mean when I say the Horizon Lounge on Arcadia. So, uh, Arcadia cruise ship, about 2,000 people. There's a, a lounge with 600 people. It's a nightclub, fundamentally, during the nighttime and the day. So, they're lounge, and they do, like, bingo or something in there. I can't remember what it is. Um, yeah. Anyway, long story short, Christmas Eve, the place is going off. I'm up there um, with a whole lot of sort of plain clothes people. I've got my uniform on, my little white jacket and my bow tie on the cruise ship. And um, everybody's had a few drinks. It's a brilliant night, really, really good fun. Great to be out. I'm trying not to get in the way of the passengers who want to sit at the tables and have a good time anyway. The, the dance floor's absolutely packed and heaving. The place is literally, you know, being managed in and out. And all of a sudden, there's this sort of like spread of people out from the dance floor. And one of the girls comes up to me in our group and says, Simon, you, you've got to go and help him. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Uh, and it really was a, a waterfront moment. Um, a guy who basically had had a cataclysmic heart attack in the middle of the dance floor. Oh, no. And, you know, it was like anyway, but uh, he had a heart attack. He dropped. He fitted. He vomited in the air and died there and then on the floor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Of 600 and odd people, I was the only person with a, in the nightclub, very much, I've got a white jacket on with the, you know, the old nightclub UV lights. So I'm like a Belisha <laughs> beacon. I'm six foot four. Everybody, uh, 600 people had turned around and gone, you, you have to go and deal with this. I was like, oh no, this is not going to be funny. Anyway, I, I get to this guy on the floor and he's actually still vomiting. The end of the story is he's fine in the end. The baby dog gets him back, but... So he's vomiting everywhere, and I've gone, right, A, B, C, isn't it? A, B, C, airways, breathing, right, we'll go and do this sort of thing. I'm trying to do whatever I possibly can in any way, shape, or form, and really 
you know, obviously cocking things up somewhere on the line. One of the bartenders comes from behind the bar and says, here, here's a mask if you need to go and breathe into it type stuff. Because you're on a ship, it doesn't take very long for the docks to come pretty quickly anyway, because they sort of press a button that, you know, it's only 100 meters away. So you can, it's within a couple of minutes of the, the alarm going off. And I still remember the baby dock, he sort of runs in, puts his uh, massive great bag down on the side and basically was asking, what have you done? Where are you? Where are you? And I'm sort of downloading whatever I said. Right, I've done airway, cleaned all his airways out. He's not really breathing, so we've given these breath. We're trying to do the correct, we're trying to do all these. He's like, fine, okay. And I kid you not, the baby dog literally took me apart of it. Airways, and he, he put his finger in this guy's mouth, took out his teeth, handed them to me. I was like, oh, I, I perhaps didn't do the airways very well. It's like, okay. sorry. <laughs> breathing. No, he's not breathing. We've tried to give him the, you, with this mask. No, wrong one. And I sorry, I was trying to do everything I, I possibly could. Yeah. Basically, do CPR for this guy with a baby dog. Okay, now pass me this and do that. Baby dog throws a, an adrenaline shot into him and, and, and sort of gets him sorted out and sort of saved a bit of his Christmas at the very least because I think it saved his life there and then on the spot. But yeah, wow. the vomit thing is people sliding off the dance floor. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun at no, all. Things no. you do in hospitality. And, yeah. uh, and to clarify the terminology, terminology around baby doc it's not a doctor that's on board it's a baby it's a junior doc it's a senior and a junior but the senior doc's not called like daddy doc or something quite first but baby doc is baby doc because he's a young guy sort of they're on but usually the more experienced emergency crew actually but yeah there you go there's a puking hospital fantastic i was slightly confused about baby doc but i just assumed it was me being canadian and i was just gonna embrace it and assume it was some form of paramedic It's about as paramedic as you can get. I remember, yeah. he, I'm not joking, he had a needle, I kid you not, this long, that he put into this guy's neck mm. without even mm. thinking about it. Without even flinching. He just went, oh, we, yeah. and then we'll get that other thing here, and he's stick that in, and then, what the flight, amazing, amazing medical care, incredible. And that's what got this guy back, actually, but um, that's all good. Well, uh, that, I mean, in reality, that's a, that's a good news story to, to end with. Yeah. It's a very good news story to end with. There you go. Yeah. Personally, it sounds like you're the one that saved his life. You know, you kind of got kickstarted the save. The guy comes in at the end with a bloody great big needle. I don't know yeah. anybody can do that. Taking all the glory at the end there. Exactly. Yeah. That's like yeah. the Gary Lineker of baby dogs, isn't it? <laughs> in. Well, I did put his teeth line. in a little cup with some water in, and he went with his teeth. So, you know, there was an element of care in that. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's good money, yeah. that is. That's hospitality <laughs> right there. Right, hospitality <laughs> right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to have to wrap up the party, guys. It's um, yeah, we've been going on for far too long. I've had some complaints from the neighbours. Yeah. What happens it, when you don't service alcohol at a party, Phil? It just gets crazy. Yeah, and, indeed. But what have we learned from today? Well, the uh, I think the major learning that we can take away is that uh, hospitality has an endless supply of stories, and they come in huge arrays of form and detail. I mean, look at Kate, who's got one of the most serious jobs in the world, and, and yet, you know, she's still living the Christmas dream on occasion. Uh, and we've, of course, covered off poo and sick. So that was my tick box done for the day. Check uh, that off. Kieran, anything to add? No. no. <laughs> just, just, just no. I mean, I'll be honest, when, when we talked about doing this, I did not anticipate talking about bodily functions quite as much as we have done. I don't know why, if I'm honest with you, because when I think about some of the stories that kind of that I haven't shared, then yes, there's been a lot of those bodily functions involved. There's no getting around it. Yes, I'm well, as I mean, that's, as I would have thought as well. Either. That's the other thing, isn't it? That the uh, the stories that we've shared today are shareable, but the the majority of stories that happen are most definitely not. 
I mean, I've got a belter about a former uh, Emmerdale actor that is probably not suitable for uh, for release. But yeah, I mean, we'll come back to that. Shall we uh, wrap up the party and go to the pub and talk about it then? Sounds like a sensible plan, doesn't it? <laughs> well, thank you all for coming to this Hospitality Beats Christmas special. I, I, I bet you didn't know what you were getting into, and I certainly didn't expect it to go on for an hour and 45 minutes, but, um, but there we are. Well, thank you very much for all uh, listening, if you are still listening, and um, we'll uh, see you in the new year for more fun games and shenanigans. Well, wasn't that amazing, boys and girls, mums and dads? So many amazing stories from our beloved industry. We hope that this has brought you a moment of happiness at Christmas and a reminder that our industry really is fabulous and so full of fun. Thank you so much to everybody who agreed to share their Christmas tales. Don't forget to donate to the amazing hospitality action if you can, and please share this as far as you can. All that remains to say is thanks for listening and we'll be back as usual every Wednesday at 8pm with more stories from the amazing human beings of hospitality. Until then, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and the most phenomenal 2021.